Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie. And we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Hey, friendo, Steve here. Hey, Lars. And welcome to Going In Raw Countout. That's right. It's an old show that we're doing this week. So uh, a little little bit of backstory. We're a podcast, so we can talk backstory. We used to have a weekly top 10 podcast called Countout. Yeah. Where we would take a look at various things. It's on our channel. You can we'll link to some of the videos here Still in the, in the yeah. end screen here. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and for whatever reason we stopped doing, it probably just ran out of ideas. Uh, and then uh, we we started doing like monthly g- uh, retro reviews. Uh, but we want though we want uh, better numbers. So we're gonna see if a top ten podcast. I mean, that's honestly, that's it. This is transparency, Larson. It's transparency. Totally. The totally. King of the Ring, nineteen ninety six review, did six thousand five hundred. It just sort of stopped. Yeah, yeah. Just stopped put right, the there. On right there. Right there. Yeah. Oh, that was a good podcast too. But you know what? They're not always gonna hit. Exactly. But it's always fun. It's fun to try new ideas or to uh, uh, reconstitute old ideas. So that's what we're doing here with Countout. And on top of that, like, I don't know, when you step away from something for a long time, you start getting a bunch of fresh ideas for that particular thing. Exactly. You know, I'll say this. The 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 graphics, opening graphics for Countout, the kind of neon-looking stuff, I always thought those looked phenomenal. Those are great oh, thanks. graphics. Thank you. Uh, yeah, they look pretty good. I'll bring so, those back, too. Good. Uh, that was my next question. Yes, they're they're back. They are back, I think. If I can find them, they'll probably be in this computer over here. Uh, anyways, uh, so, of course, since the last time we did an episode of Countout, there's been a lot of change in the industry. I mean, obviously, the last Countout we did was probably like far beyond, far before pandemic. It's probably been three years or so. I, I think it was before AEW was formed as well. Yeah, I think it was as well. And uh, and so there's been a lot of changes in the industry and uh, a lot of stories that have come and gone uh, a lot of anniversaries, new wrestlers, new situations, scenarios. And, of course, we came across a scenario this past week where two wrestlers decided to put their foot down to Vinny Mac. Not a lot of people do that, incidentally. Sasha Banks and Naomi, uh, uh, unhappy at this point, at this point in the filming of this episode, uh, this is um, we're coming up. But this is Thursday of the week that it sort of happened. So it's yep. Thursday after the Raw that they walked out. 
unhappy with their creative for a six-pack challenge match, and generally speaking, their tag titles and the division they're in. Mm-hmm. Unhappy with that, uh, they they told Vince, doesn't work for me, brother, and uh, handed their titles over to Johnny Ace and then pff, hit, the, hit the road. Left. We're not sure. There's been no updates on, like, have the, are they coming back? How long are they going to be gone? Are we going to see them on Friday? Yeah, heard nothing. We've heard absolutely nothing. So uh, it's an interesting topic, though, and the idea of people sticking to their guns and saying no to Vince McMahon was a pretty interesting one. Um, so we put together 10 wrestlers, and, and honestly, there, there are more than 10 wrestlers. We'll go over some of our almost rands maybe at the end of the episode sure, here. Sure, sounds good. Uh, but uh, these were some of the more interesting, the 10 probably most interesting stories of wrestlers saying no, no. No, no, Vince McMahon. I no, stand Vince. my ground, sir. No. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's dive into it. Number 10, 10, Jeff Hardy. So uh, this was actually quite genius of uh, Mr. Hardy, who clearly didn't want to be part of the WWE anymore. And uh, he, so he just left. Yeah. And he used his own. He used. I want. Did, let me ask you this real quick. So we'll go through what happened. Yeah, let's go through what happened. So let's go back to December 4th, 2021. Uh, Jeff Hardy, he's in the middle of a match. He's tagging with Drew McIntyre and Xavier Woods against the Bloodline. He's in the ring. He's doing his stuff. He he tags in Drew, and he just gets out of the ring and walks up through the crowd. Just leaves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just yeah. leaves. So uh, reports from PW Insider shortly thereafter suggested that he was sent home from the road, and then a few days later on December 9th, uh, it was announced that he had released Jeff Hardy. Um, and then reports started to surface after that, which seemed to indicate that Jeff Hardy was essentially give, give, given an ultimatum by WB. You either go mm-hmm. to rehab or you lose your job. You get released. Yeah. He chose what did he say, released. Larson? He said, no, I am he not going to no. rehab. <laughs> so released he was. So uh, about a month or so later, January 2022, Meltzer reported that WB uh, realized they probably made a mistake and tried mm-hmm. to bring Jeff Hardy back to the company, even offered him a WWE Hall of Fame induction if he came back. What did Jeff Hardy say here? No. No. He declined the offer, and he showed up in AEW uh, March 9th of 2022. So Jeff actually spoke about uh, the incident uh, that led to his release on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy podcast. This is what we had to say. These transcripts are from Fightful. He said, that night in Edinburgh, Texas, I finished my heat. I took the heat, and I said, I'm ready to go. Went over the rail, disappeared to the crowd. Naturally, they think I took something like drugs or whatever, but I didn't. If I was that bad, I should have never went out there. That's the way I see it. I thought, just another unpredictable thing I can do, and I'll get away with it. Again, it was one of the smartest things I've ever done because everything worked out so perfectly, mainly because my first day in AEW, I felt valuable for the first time. The care and love I was shown, I got chills thinking about it. In WWE, it felt like they just wanted to keep me there to sell action figures. I put so much love and joy in painting my face, and when I see it come out immortalized in an action figure, action figure sorry, I'm like... Uh, that's why it, it, it that's why it, it do I this. do this I do this I, that's why I do this it's so cool that's one thing I'm super excited about in AEW my first action figure with the face paint um do you think he knew when he left due to this erratic behavior do you think this was calculated I mean look I know this is obviously some amount of reckless speculation but that's kind of the fun nature of what we do sometimes so I mean there was like basically immediate 
conversation and chatter to that effect after this happened. Yeah. You know, yeah. and people saying, know, oh, he's he's using his history of of substance abuse. And and but I mean, I don't know if he would have been savvy enough to think, OK, if I just exit via the crowd, they're going to ask me to take a drug test. I'm going to say no. That's a bit I, I would think that's a bit much. Right. It is. That would that would take because you know, it would take several things to happen. The right. drug test, the ultimatum, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um that would have to happen for his plan to work. You know, like it, mm-hmm. if you write in a movie and after like in hindsight, you see that and like, Oh, this makes all the sense. What a genius mm-hmm. idea. Yeah. But right. You look yeah. at it from the inception of idea. A lot of things have to go your way. Mm-hmm. If this is going to work out and some of this stuff you can't predict, you know, you can't necessarily predict that, that they're going to give him an ultimatum. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's why I think that it's kind of malarkey to think that, oh, he planned this and staged it so that he can get out of WWE. You know, maybe when he got that ultimatum and he was like, wait. So, number one, your response to this isn't to, like, sit me down and talk with me man to man and let's try to hash this out. It's, hey, you do this or else. Mm -hmm. Number one, that's off-putting. Yes. What happens if I say no? And then, and see, like, call their bluff. Because there's there's no guarantee that you know calling their bluff would have resulted in him being allowed to mm-hmm. leave anyways. Mm-hmm. So you're right. I think too much had to fall into place for him to to have planned this in the first place. What's also interesting this about this is that even going back, I forget is one of the retro reviews we did when they talked about working with Jeff Hardy and understanding that mm-hmm. what you get with Jeff Hardy is akin to what you get with an artist. He is a very creative person, but sometimes they're not going to be the kind of, oh, they're going to come in, punch the clock. They're going to be late sometimes. They're going to do oddball things sometimes. And granted, with his history of substance abuse, yes, I mean, he literally showed up at that TNA pay-per-view, you know, under the influence, and Mm -hmm. that was, you know, a a pretty sad thing to see. Mm -hmm. But, um... And so it's kind of understandable. They'd say, hey, is something going on here? At the same time, you also have to understand that you are dealing with a creative individual who might be prone to just doing some shit like this. Yeah. yeah. Um, but again, it goes so, back to, sorry, to, to your point earlier about, well, if, if you're, there's concern, sit him down to talk about him. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, and, and, yeah. and, and try to find out if, if mm-hmm. anything is going on. And if so, what's an appropriate pl- uh, plan uh, a, a course to take to address it, mm-hmm. sitting him down yeah. and giving them an ultimatum. Mm-hmm. People don't usually react terribly well to ultimatums. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you have leverage, if your thing is, you know, man, I've my, literally, my brother is in AEW. It's sitting there waiting for me and you're going to threaten to release me. Like, why would you do that? I you know, know what I mean? And of course, WWE realized they, they messed up in the end and, and tried to get him back with a Hall of Fame induction, which, by the way, they're going to give him anyways, probably in like, I don't know, five years or something. I know. It's going to happen regardless. So <laughs> exactly. it's not much of a carrot to dangle there to try to lure him back. No, it's it's absolutely not. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, 
it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Let's move on to the next one. Number nine. Nine. Neville, a.k.a. as known now known as PAC, of course. Um, so... Uh, this happened back in uh, uh, October of 2017, back when the cruiserweight division was, while not a key focus of WWE, although it, it did main event some, some segments. It main evented some Ross. It did. Yeah, it did. With Because of Enzo Amore, he was like a really good talker. They had some really cool stuff going on out of the cruiserweight tournament, bringing in a bunch of great talent. Uh, Cedric Alexander, Mustafa Ali. Mm -hmm. Of course, then they started sort of rearranging some of the talents that maybe weren't being used, but they would fit that bill, and Neville was one of them. Yeah. Um, and and uh, Hill, and Hill Neville was an absolute delight. We got, you know, the, the, the first little bits that we see now with the bastard. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The, yeah. the ingredients were introduced here, uh, Hill Neville. And and even when he lost the cruiserweight title, it was wildly entertaining because he came out on Raw. I remember this vividly. He comes out and the entire cruiserweight division is there, like Enzo celebrating his victory, and and Neville comes out like he hasn't slept in a week, like he hasn't taken a bath in a week. It was well, he amazing. Showed, yeah. He was in the crowd at Takeover in the same way because I think yeah. he had lost it right before then. Yeah. Um, to like, was it Austin Aries or something like that? And then he won it back at WrestleMania. I forget what it was, but, uh, but yeah, no, he was doing, it was, it was based, like you said, sort of the, the proto, uh, pack that we, that we got back then. And he was doing some really interesting work, but the thing that they realized was that Enzo Amore was for, for what he was, he was a ratings draw when they would put this guy on TV, give him a microphone, people would tune in, they'd pay attention. And that's sort of what matters the most said WWE are those characters that can draw in the eyeballs. So uh, they put the title on Enzo Amore. And instead of maybe trying to spread the love around, you've got this awesome Neville character now, the heel Neville persona. Why not run with that? They really just went all in on Enzo Amore. So um, apparently this all led to an argument uh, backstage with Vince McMahon on the October 9th, uh, 2017 episode of Raw after he was asked to lose to Enzo Amore in a cruiserweight title match. Uh, Neville asked for his release, but he wasn't granted one until almost an entire year later, 
in August of 2018. He was just sitting at home getting ripped because after his release, he, he released a picture of himself mm-hmm. in like a parking lot somewhere and just he had muscle upon muscle upon muscle just looking absolutely amazing. Uh, in an Instagram Q&A after the fact, he explained a bit of this, the WWE departure. He says, they gave me the opportunity to shine and shine I did. The lads over there are great, but they ran out of ideas for me, so I left. It wasn't really Enzo why I left. I don't hate the lad. He was just annoying backstage, and putting the title on him was bad, especially beating me. I was worth more than being jobbed out to jobbers. That's why I left. Um, So evidently in this uh, argument with Vince McMahon backstage, what did he say, Larson? No. No. No, Vince. No. Not doing it. Not gonna do it. Not, not today. Not ever. Vince. Not gonna do it. Yeah, and uh, and honestly, like that was sort of. I mean, I don't know. I'm looking at this list right here. That was like one of the first ones in sort of, you know, for for people who just decided, hey, there is another option out there. Mm-hmm. And again, this was obviously pre AEW. Yep. But he was also factored in a big way in AEW's plans at the beginning. Yeah, but this is this uh, was you know when when New Japan was gaining a lot of uh, uh, prominence. Yeah, you know uh, here in the states especially. Yeah, you know they're really on the map again. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had the benefit of Dragon Gate, his old promotion, exactly. willing to say, "Hey, we want to bring you in to be the centerpiece." And, and that's again, the, it's, that's the first place he went after he was free of his, of his deal. Absolutely. And it, it seemed the sort of situation was like, hey, this guy, he is, uh, it, it wasn't just like, I think Cody asked for his release and was given it, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Neville didn't, you know, he just, he left. He was like, I'm not doing this. And I don't know if he actually literally asked for release and they said no, but regardless, he was just like, hey, you know what? I'm just going to sit at home. I don't need to do this. And mm-hmm. then he just apparently waited out whatever length that contract mm-hmm. would have been mm-hmm. uh, another year. So, uh, so yeah. And, and that like, it's the first one sort of in sort of modern, you know, sort of post WWE brand split 2016, I guess that I can think of somebody because prior to that, and we're going to talk about CM Punk here in a little bit, but you know, WWE had all the leverage, yep. you know, there was really nowhere else for people to go because like you just said, New Japan wasn't really on that ascent. I mean, around 2017 is when they started to. Um, but prior to that, there there wasn't really a whole lot of options out there for people not, to make not, good not, money. Anyways. Yeah, not on the same level as, as WB. Let's mm-hmm. move on to the next one, Steve. Number eight. Eight. Sergeant Slaughter. So this one's interesting because I remember this. I remember this whole thing. Not oh. because I remember it from the wrestling perspective. I remember it from... The toy. So, uh, Sergeant Slaughter, he was a member of the WWF at the time roster in the mid-80s when rock and wrestling thing was a thing, and it was a massive thing. Mm -hmm. Um, WWF was on their way to becoming the name brand of professional wrestling at this time. And and so, in the midst of that ascent to the top of the industry, uh, apparently Sergeant Slaughter uh, got a call from Hasbro about being the spokesperson for G.I. Joe. So if you don't know, G.I. Joe, they're action figures. They're toys. Mm-hmm. Military stuff. And a movie yeah. franchise. And a TV show. So you got G.I. Joe. You got Cobra. And they're they're fighting and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So anyways. so as, Good guys as, and bad guys. More or less. So as Slaughter tells it uh, during an interview with Inside the Ropes, he agreed to a deal with Hasbro. And naturally excited. 
G.I. Joe yeah. at the time was a massive toy franchise and oh, a cartoon and all that stuff. It was huge. Yeah. So he shows up to an Allentown uh, TV taping or show, and he walks up to Vince and tells him, hey, I got to deal with Hasbro. I'm going to be a real-life G.I. Joe. And Vince says, that's great. Too bad for you. You can't do it because we just signed a toy deal with LJN. And Slaughter's the hell like, is LJN? It's another toy company. Apparently Vince wanted Hasbro. Hasbro said no. No, they said no. <laughs> they said no. Yeah, has Number seven, Hasbro. So uh, uh, Sergeant Slaughter got into a, a conversation with Vince. And Vince Perman said, you can't do it. Conflict of interest. We have a contract with a toy company. Can't do it. And Sergeant Slaughter's like, fine, I'll quit. I'll mm-hmm, quit yeah. WWE so I can do this. And apparently he repeatedly tried to give Vince his notice. And Vince wouldn't accept it. He wouldn't let him quit. And then he tried to pull the, oh, I own the Sergeant Slaughter day. And then Sergeant yeah, Slaughter's yeah, lawyer yeah. says, no, I have paperwork here. Sergeant Slaughter owns Sergeant Slaughter day. And he has since 1974. Yeah, he was wrestling for, for quite a while before he this. was. So, um, uh, yeah. so the first, I remember this clearly because I got mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. The yeah. first Sergeant Slaughter G.I. Joe figure, you couldn't buy in stores. You had to cut out like the, the UPC things on the back of, of the toys and set it in. And then you get the Sergeant Slaughter one. Yeah, and I remember doing that. I remember the day it showed up. I remember walking from the post office to my parents' car, opening this box, getting my Sergeant Slaughter toy. I had no idea who he was. I just liked GI Joe at the time, and Man. I wanted new GI Joes. That's uh, the that's the cool, wasn't that the that was the best? That was the absolute best. It was. You, it had, was, to, you had to get stuff through the. I mean, I guess you do still with like you know Amazon and stuff, but still. But like, I mean, like the, the, you know, you're 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 doing the thing where you're like, oh, I. It, I mean, it's marketing, you know. Hey, buy these toys to get another toy. You know, it's yeah. guaranteed money for the toy company. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it was like you're on a mission. Yeah, I, I got to. I have to buy. Mom, Dad, I have to buy five toys so I can get one more. I know it was really. Cool. All you got to do is pay shipping for this one toy. <sighs> Man, you know we had it good in the '80s. I'm sure everybody thinks that with of their childhood. You oh know, yeah, like, I'm sure. But still, it was so cool back then. <laughs> it was. It was. I mean, yeah. Uh, so this is interesting from this Inside the Ropes uh, interview with Sergeant Slaughter. This is what he says about, in terms of trademarking his name and how W utilizes, uh, you know, like in terms of, of, of IP licensing, IP versus creating their own. Um, and he kind of takes credit. Um, he says, all of what you see with W today is because of my attorney and I. Nobody can do anything in the WB without, if they have their real name, they have to give it up while they're there. Vince pretty much creates every other name, so he owns them, and he just brings in the wrestlers to be those characters. Mm-hmm. So yeah. now, whether that's historically and factually accurate in terms of Slaughter kind of being the the fulcrum mm-hmm. in that process or not, I don't know. But you know, given what we still see today with wrestlers coming in, apparently edict from Vince that they can't use a real name, their their, their real first name, even if they got a fake last name or a kayfabe last name. It could have all started with Sergeant Slaughter. Hey, let me ask you this. This yeah. is a conversation kind of related to this. Ten years from now, I assume AEW is still going to be a thing. Is Tony Khan going to adopt that philosophy? Because there's going to be some big names making their name on his money, and I think he's going to realize why it's a savvy business move to not allow another company to capitalize in a major way off of something you created. I don't know. I don't know. Be interesting to see how that goes down. Um, let me ask you another question here. Uh, Slaughter's only five years older than Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Had Hulk Hogan not existed, there would have been a big vacuum. But do you think he could have been the guy? You think he could have been the man over there? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I... he was the you know the 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 the. I know he was like a bad guy for a bunch of his time, but like 
He could have been. Well, at this time, at, at this time, he was because he says in this interview that he was. So they had two to, uh, tours for house shows. He said, "Oh, Hogan, was he the top of the B team?" Yeah, he was. He was B team, top of the B team face because he was hmm. uh, having matches with Iron Sheik on the road. Okay, all right. one I, wonder, I wonder if that would have been the. Situation. I mean, it's possible. I you know he didn't have the obvious charisma. Sure, that Hogan had. So yeah, yeah, you know, and that's that's pretty much what got. That and politicking is what got Hogan ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so yeah. who knows? Interesting stuff. Let's move on. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Number seven, seven, Mustafa Ali. Uh, not a that much different of a situation than Neville. Uh, obviously, for the longest time, he was one of the most underutilized talents in WWE. On January 16th of this year, 2022, um, he tweeted out, I am requesting my release from WWE along with a video that stated, I have a message that is much bigger than my dreams in pro wrestling. Despite my best efforts, I will not be able to deliver this message while working with WWE. Therefore, I am requesting my release from WWE. Now, Fightful Select followed up with a lengthy report, which noted that Ali had debuted a new gimmick a few weeks back. Now, we had seen these uh, videos on his social media where it was sort of taking um, a political slant, Mm -hmm. like he was a campaigner, a candidate of some sort, uh, talking about a new, better America or something like that. Um, And it was kind of interesting. I'm not sure exactly where we're supposed to go, but he's a very, again, a very creative guy. Yes, and he's he's got his his partner in terms of production, Craig Mitchell, and mm -hmm, they've done a lot of really awesome little video promos and vignettes. Right. So um, apparently that gimmick was initially approved But apparently Vince had changed his mind and instead pitched Ali an idea that Fightful described as, quote, something Mustafa Ali would never have done. Fightful adds that this pitch, quote, led to a heated argument between the two. And Ali said no No. to Vince McMahon and uh, and and just left. He had been he'd been off TV ever since then and that uh, and then it was later on in that week it was reported by Fightful that Ali had been denied his release request by WWE subsequently WWE released quite a few people from the company he was not one of them uh, a couple weeks back from filming this episode so probably uh, beginning of May I guess or maybe it was after May I forget uh, Ali yeah, came yeah Ali came back uh, and is now uh, fighting sort of for the US title Austin Theory and Miz and all them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've referenced him taking his ball and leaving. Um, you know, they haven't really. I mean, they, they've made they've made several references to to what happened, but nothing too specific. Um, 
And uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I I love that he's a guy who stood up for himself clearly. And this is one of those things where, you know, this is why WWE would benefit from a younger mind as a, a mind as a showrunner of sorts, because I feel like somebody who just is more in tune with, I don't know, society, life, politics, what have you could take an idea that Ali would have a guy who's got a lot of perspective. I mean, he's always said, Hey, I want to be a guy who, when kids see me and see my name, they see a hero. They see somebody they can look up to. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, it's not that he has been opposed to playing a heel. He did the retribution thing. Um, but uh, he obviously has a strong point of view, a strong opinion, strong morals, and somebody who could help him foster what could be a very interesting gimmick in the world of pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. Vince just ain't that guy. Nope. He's just he's not that guy. They, I mean, they have relied on the on the the evil uh, foreign heel far too many times. They're literally doing it right now with Gunther, but. I mean, Gunther's cool. <laughs> He's going around chopping people. It's kind of yeah. neat. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's just that's not the way to go. And that's why I think in, they 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 need some younger minds they and do. some people of color in in, yeah, in the higher up positions. Definitely, there. definitely, yes, absolutely, a thousand percent, a thousand percent. But he said no to Vince, and then and then they brought him back. And I'm still kind of curious. You know, one day we'll get a talk as Jericho or something about the conversation that led him back. Yeah, he'll he'll be out of there. <laughs> yeah, I think, but I think he contract. said he's got like two years left on his I contract. Know, he's got a lot of time left on his deal. A lot of time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's move on. Number six. Six. Page. So if you guys remember back in late 2020, just in the thick of the pandemic, WWE was doing a couple things. Number one, they were releasing people left and right, and number two, they were also trying to prevent their wrestlers from making a dollar and a cent in a time when they had killed house shows. This, that, the other, and uh, and these wrestlers were trying to make an extra living or, or extra money, extra income via things like Twitch mm-hmm. and Cameo. Mm-hmm. Well, WWE got wind of this. They're like, no, we want that money. Yeah. So WWE ended up cutting a deal of their own with Cameo, and uh, and they apparently had plans for Twitch, which is the reason why they were pulling these wrestlers. Yeah, but- that's never that's never happened. That, that never happened. Hasn't happened. Hasn't happened. Uh, so it was kind of interesting. There seemed to be some sort of split between, like, if you're on main roster, you couldn't do it. Like, AJ Styles was doing it. He couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. Same with Cesaro. Um, yeah. Cesaro couldn't do it anymore. Uh, and then apparently, and I think this was according to Tyler Breeze. I think it was according to Tyler Breeze. Uh, the breaking point for WWE is when they realized how much money Lana was making. Mm. Off of oh, third party doing the Instagram uh, stuff, right? Instagram stuff, and they're like, "No, uh-uh, we we want that." And so everybody gets caught yeah. up in it. Yeah. yeah. Um. And so uh, one of those people who was act very active on Twitch was Paige, and um, so she had said on so she was very active on Twitch, doing very well for herself on Twitch. She still is. Yeah. And uh, at at one point during one of her streams, during the heat of all this. Um, on one of these streams, she said this, I've honestly got to the point where I cannot deal with this company anymore. So now I have to make a very important decision. I'm effing tired, man. I broke my fucking neck twice, twice for this company over fucking worked. I broke my neck twice for this company. And all I want to do 
They don't realize that this community isn't just about fucking subs. It isn't about that. We built a wonderful community, a wonderful fucking family where this is an escape for a lot of people, including myself. Uh, A little bit later, she had also said on stream that she's going to continue to stream because it's good for her mental health. She previously noted uh, what we talked about before, said she's not able to go on the road. So that community helps her a lot. Um, And so basically... Uh, she she told Vince McMahon and his new edict about Twitch. No, 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 no. no. Got to do the British accent. No, this is my Twitch. Um, and uh, and it was kind of cool. And we have no idea like what kind of repercussions there might have been there. Apparently, she has a contract that's supposed to only go through next month. Apparently, in June oh. of 2022, mm-hmm. she has said that on stream that that was the case. Mm -hmm. She does not know. And this was like a year ago that she had said this, not sure if she's going to get resigned by the company. They don't do anything with her, which to me is bizarre. It really is. It really is. It is absolutely bizarre. I know Meltzer had speculated because there had been a bunch of releases after this. He had speculated that they, they're, they kept her around basically because they do understand that she is still her name value still carries a lot of weight. Yeah. But it's weird that they would just ice a person and not bring him out to be like, remember how good she was as a GM of SmackDown? She was great. Any role you put her in, she's great. Yeah. Yeah. And for them to have her under contract, not utilize her. I know she has made some reference to trying to get back potentially in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we don't know the status of that. We don't know that her, what her health is like, you know, whether she's been close to cleared or cleared for anything. We don't know. As far as yeah. I know, we don't know. Uh, yeah, no. But, but still, I mean, to yeah, have her to contract and rumors. not do anything with her is bizarre. It is. It, it's it's absolutely crazy. Um, you know, once she goes to AEW, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You know, they 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 make wonderful work of people who can't get in the ring anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I have no doubt that you bring Paige over there. She's one of those people who can bring a little bit more of her audience over. Yep. yep. Keep those people around. You're looking at you know instead of getting. 950 then you'll get that million every single week mm-hmm. and that's how you do it. you just bring in people who you know have value yep. and that's what aew has been doing it's been working really really well speaking of which number five five cm punk phil brooks so during the 2014 royal rumble cm punk i think came in number one in this particular rumble yeah. he was in the match for a long time he got concussed as well mm-hmm. um and so uh he had to get eliminated by kane Following night on Raw, Punk just fed up. Injuries, uh, uh, all sorts of health issues. He had like a massive infection in his back at one point. He pooped himself in the ring. Mm -hmm. uh, Just getting fed up with not getting the opportunities that he thought he deserved, including main eventing WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. Um, So apparently he got into a heated discussion with Vince and Triple H, cited all his problems, and just said, I don't want to be in here anymore. No. Walked out. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, like, so I just before we uh, earlier today, I I went and I read through a lot of the transcript from the Colt Cabana podcast, Mm -hmm. because this is, of course, where he opens up. It was dropped on Thanksgiving of like 2015 or 2014. I forget. I think it's 2014. Probably 20, probably 2014, because it was January 2014 that he left. Um, God, it's hard to think. It's been almost it's been eight years now. Oh, my God. Um, So uh, reading the transcript hurts. Because he talks about everything that he went to leading, went through leading mm-hmm. up to it, the concussions, 
like you said, the, uh, the the staph infection which he had that they would not, you know, touch. Yeah, um, all the Z packs which led to him pooping his pants during a match. Pooping his pants. Uh, it, it was really, really rough, and he was burnt out. And along the way, there had been many promises made by Vince McMahon in the form of IOUs. So, like, he'd say, uh, "Hey, pal, we want you to wrestle Ryback again." And he's like, "This dude injured me last time." You know what? I I I should be up there wrestling like Brock and stuff. And he's like, "Oh, oh you won." Uh, he'd said that about Punk turning heel because he was going to lose out on a bunch of merchandise royalties because he was selling more shirts than Cena. Um, and then of course there was a WrestleMania thing and it was pitched to him to fight Triple H. And he's like, "Well, when I was white hot, I already fought Triple H two years ago." And he won. Mm. He put himself over when I should have been there. He pitched the the, the WrestleMania triple threat with The Rock and Cena. Mm-hmm. Um, he pitched all that stuff, and he was telling Vince, he's like, why do you think Batista Orton's the main event match at Mania this year? It should be Daniel Bryan. Should have been me two years ago, but this year is Daniel Bryan's year. And the match pitched to him was Triple H. Yep. Punk explains in this meeting, he turned to Triple H and said, I don't, I, I don't need to be wrestling you. You need to be wrestling me. And Vince McMahon was like, this is a main event. And he's like, no, man, there's not four main events. Mm-hmm. There's one. It's, it's the one. last match. It's the last match. It's the very last match. And uh, and in that meeting, apparently by the end of it, Vince was in T. He was crying. And he got up and he awkwardly hugged Punk. And Triple H shook his hand. And then it was two weeks later. Just two weeks later. Hey, pal, you ready to come back? No. No, he got that staph infection taken care of, which, by the way, could have killed him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they fired him on his wedding day. Yep. And uh, and, you know, the rest is history. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. But now we get CM Punk at AEW and he do. seems really, really happy. He seems there. really happy. He seems to be enjoying telling the stories he's telling. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not likely, but it's entirely possible that he's a AEW champion in about uh, two weeks time. Not going to happen. I said highly unlikely, but it's possible. It is possible. Speaking uh, of someone who was champion, like being champion, let's move on to number four, Steve. Number four. Four. Shawn Michaels, I think I'm cute. I like to be champion. So When uh, Vince says drop the title, I say no. No. So he said no to Vince a lot. Oh, a this dude. Lot. Love to say no to Vince, Larson. No. No, you'd say. So uh, these are just a few instances where he said no, and one that's kind of a maybe. That's This last one's a bit nebulous. So apparently he said no when he was facing Davy Boy Smith for the European title in 1997, and the process, apparently Davy Boy was supposed to retain the title. No, Shawn Michaels won it, and I think he eventually just gave it to Triple H. Uh, mm-hmm. He was supposed to drop the title, WWE title, to Vader at SummerSlam 1996. Ooh. He said no, and of course that match... Uh, Sean got very upset with Vader when Vader uh, uh, botched the spot and kicked him in the head and yelled at him a bunch. Um, the bu- Let's just stop there for a second. The balls on this guy. The ball. Like, Vader's a big dude. Massive dude. He's a tough guy. And this 5'11", 173 pounder, probably 195. Well, back then, he was probably he was probably 200. He was pretty. You think he was, he was pretty, 200? Yeah, yeah. He was pretty, he was pretty ripped back then. Stomping Vader's head saying, move, idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, I know. Uh, uh, he didn't want to lose Dean Douglas. So rather than drop the title Ooh. to him, 
Yeah, this is that's the most. I think out of all this, don't you think this is the most justifiable I can, one? Like, to a degree, I can understand. So he just forfeited the Intercontinental Championship. But of course, again, this is one that's a bit nebulous. We've heard rumors to the effect, but I don't remember hearing either. I don't remember hearing Sean talk about. Brett may have. When uh, Sean gave his famous "I lost my smile" promo and signing a knee injury, dropped the WWE title rather than facing Bret Hart again at WrestleMania 13 and lose the title to him again. I don't know if there's been any uh, hit of whether there's any truth to that. I know Bret did talk about what he want, what how he would win the match. Yeah, <laughs> at yeah, WrestleMania yeah, 13 over right, Sean, yeah. never happened. Um, yeah, I I would imagine I would have to think that uh, in somewhere in Bret's book. I mean, almost, address, cer yes. almost yes. certainly Brett addressed this uh, from his point of view. I'm not sure if they ever would have brought it up in that. Because didn't you watch the little side-by-side -side interview? Yeah, the Rivals thing. Yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs> Forgot it. Okay, okay. Um, the gall of a guy, let's assume for a second, because I think it's general knowledge. Like, I've seen it so many places that he, instead of lose to Brett, he, just, he did this, I lost my spile bullshit. Um, again... Vince was holding the microphone when his champion was up there. I, I, I just mean so much to me, everybody. I just, I can't do it. I lost my smile. Ah. And Vince is like this motherfucker. And it's crazy. Cause like Jake, the snake, I think just recently was like, God damn. I don't know why Vince didn't just fire those motherfuckers. Yeah. He did say that. Yeah. And it's like, he's kind of right. But at the same time, it's like, who else do you have? I know. You know, I like know, at a at certain time. point ar around like, what was it? 96 anyways, like Brett wasn't even signed to the company. Nope. So you had like Warrior, Ahmed Johnson. I'm thinking of the King of the Ring. Well, thing. you know, Warrior's not going to stick around long. <laughs> you can't count on him. I know. You, <laughs> and that you, was literally the last pay-per-view he was at. I yeah. know. You had Hall, Nash, gone. Mm -hmm. uh, Macho mm -hmm. Man Harry left. Brett wasn't signed. Yeah. 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 Uh, you had Undertaker. You had Mankind now, and then you had Shawn Michaels. I wonder, do you think that maybe it was simply because Vince respected the balls on Shawn that Michaels? Be. That could be. To do all to everything on your list here, to do all that stuff. It's not God, really damn, possible. God damn it, pal. You God damn, pal. You got, some, you got some grapefruits on you. You got some grapefruits on you. Oh, man. So, yeah, Shawn Michaels loved to say no to Vince. Number three. Three. Bruno San Martino, probably like the legit goat of in WWE history. Oh, yeah. And this guy had the title for like, he was Almost like the Bill years. Russell man. Yeah, eight years. And then for another three years or something like that after that. Mm -hmm. um, so Bruno, of course, worked as a commentator for WWF after his in-ring career came to an end. Uh, but he soured on Vince's product citing the over-the-top presentation and drug use. Uh, so wait, this was and we're not talking about the attitude era here. This is like the Hogan days, This was right? late 80s when he stopped working as a commentator for WF and then found his way to WCW after mm -hmm, this yeah. because, yeah, he, he had a lot of issues with the WWF product, was actually a vocal critic of the company publicly. Mm -hmm. um, and he was even offered, at one point, a WWE Hall of Fame induction in 2004. What do you say to that, about that, Steve? He said no. No. So on his no. podcast, JR Jim Ross spoke about Bruno's attitude towards WWE and, and this meeting about the Hall of Fame induction. Uh, these transcripts come from inside the ropes is what JR to say. 
That would have been perfect for Bruno to enter the Hall of Fame in New York City, but he was still not happy with the positioning of the genre of the product from WWE. So this is in the midst of the uh, the Ruthless Aggression era. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bruno still had issues that were deep-rooted and so forth. He was not ready yet. I didn't sense whatsoever the venom or, or any hate or anger. I sense more frustration, and I'm not just not ready to go back there yet type of scenario. Of course, uh, he would eventually be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2013. Triple H uh, was sort of the guy spearheading that. Listen, Bruno, we're a family-friendly company now. We're publicly traded. No more of the suck it. No more of the TNA. The, the you know the the boobs and stuff, not the company. This different company. It's got a new name now. Yeah, it's got a new name now. They're Impact. What kind of garbage is that? Anyways, uh, Bruno, uh, if you can call me back, that'd be great. This is uh, Hunter, Paul. Game of game. <laughs> the game of game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, but then Bruno again. He did that. He did the. Uh, what was it? it? Was like it was like a JBL interview he did, right? Yes, the Bradshaw, right. yeah, the Bradshaw thing. It was a really good interview. Yeah, man, somebody's gonna make a mint when they make a Bruno movie because that I is know. a that is a hell of a story. Story that is a right hell there, of a man. Story, I know. Yeah, yeah, that that'd be a good one. Make that an HBO Max series. Let's yes. talk about number two. Two, Bret Hart. That's right, Montreal Screwjob. So here's the deal. Uh, Vince offered me a 20 year contract with the WWF. And I took it, and then uh, like a year later, he was like, I can't afford this anymore. And I was like, uh, okay. And he's like, you should go to WCW. I was like, okay, I will. And then, uh, you know, but I was champion. And then, but like uh, right before that, I was supposed to drop the title, you know, uh, it was, we were going to be in Canada. And uh, Vince was like, you got to drop the title in Canada. I was like, that'd be character assassination. I can't do that, Vince. And uh, especially not to Sean. I hate that guy. And, uh, and so Vince was like, uh, well, you got to do it, pal. And I was like, no, I don't. And uh, so the, they, just, they just did it anyways. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 it's a fascinating story, and, and, and I'm happy. Uh, you know, there's Dark Side of the Ring, the episode on the, on the Montreal Screwjob, really illuminated a lot of the details that I was not aware of. Agreed, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, between Cornette kind of taking responsibility for coming up with the idea. You know, Brett had creative control for his last 90 days in the company, so legally he could. Say mm-hmm. no to dropping the title to Sean. <clears throat> you know, it was there in writing. Yeah. Um, yep. And that's outside of all the issues that they have with each other, you know? Um, and and everybody involved tried to find some way to convince Brett to drop the belt. And he he didn't want to. Not in Canada, not to Sean. And the thing yeah. is, they had another month with him. Yeah. They had more time. Bischoff says, stick around. Drop the belt next pay-per-view. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They had it all worked out. For whatever reason, Vince just wanted to happen that night in Montreal at Survivor yeah. Series 1997. Yeah. And then Brett said no. And then the man who uh, made the call and, uh, and got it to happen, Triple H. <laughs> Apparently, on a phone call, uh, they're all there's a bunch of heavy breathing because they were like, oh, well, God damn it, pal. We don't know what to do. And then apparently Triple H is the guy who said, oh, we'll get, just got to take it off him then. Mm-hmm. And then apparently it was Jim Cornette. Uh, who, who referenced um, the original Montreal screw job that happened in 39 or something 30s. like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. Where they, they orchestrated out where someone was champion. They got the belt off. Yeah. That was triple H too. Uh, and so Jim Cornette was like, yeah, look at this old fucking wrestling magazine. I have, look, they did it before. Let's do it again. 
<laughs> Which is nuts. That guy's just a wealth of information. Also, he's just mired in bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, uh, yeah, we all see saw how it played out. Honestly, the probably the most fascinating wrestling documentary. Oh, One yeah. of the most fascinating documentaries, bar none, in, in wrestling or no, is uh, Hitman Heart Wrestling with Shadows. It's fantastic. The fact that Vince, and never again, by the way, did he ever allow any independent uh, media organization of any kind uh, to come backstage and have that kind of access. Nope. It's kind of sad. Like back then, it was. It seemed like those guys really did that situation. Really did sort of put the kibosh on that because, like, how freewheeling is that? It's like, oh yeah, no, Vince, they're with me. They're cool. They're good. You know, yeah, and that know. was good enough. That was good enough. I know. It's for Brett to say, yeah, they're making a movie about me. Vince didn't think, well, this is not the good night. <laughs> oh, I know, especially especially that night. What does he expect was going to happen? You think that would have? You think that ever crossed Vince's mind? Like, oh, probably, oh man, I, probably not. I need to tell Vince. I, I got to tell Brett. No, you can't have the cameras here because they're gonna pick up some shit. <laughs> but yeah, that'll clue Brett in. I, I wonder if that even, or if that was just like yeah, either here or no, no. That's a good question. I don't know if that's ever yeah. been addressed. We should uh, we should look into that at some point. Let's ask. Let's ask Vince. Vince, did you let's know those guys Brett. are gonna be there? Yeah. Let's, oh, oh, tweeted yeah, Brett. Point. That's a really good. That's a good one. He's probably f- relatively accessible. Like I'm sure, hey, we're a big podcast. We could ask him. I don't yeah. do that. It seems weird. We could tell um, him. We tell him we 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 took his uh, his his uh, going in or his Bret Hart math and use it for going in raw math. It made it better. You stole that. You stole that from me. Do you give me proper credit? We we do. We say it, it was it was partially it's partially in the form of money. We did trademark thousand dollars. Sorry, Brett. I don't think you can trademark math. <laughs> Brett screwed Brett. Um, <laughs> can't trademark math. So, uh, so yeah, we all saw how that played out. It was weird. What do you call it? Contract negotiations gone wrong. Yeah. On live TV. Yeah. That's how that happened. Let's talk about number one, Larson. One. Don't call Steve Austin. I walked into a WWF episode of Raw, June tenth, two thousand and two. Vince says, hey, Steve, you're going to do the honors. You're going to do the job to Brock Lesnar. I was so hepped up on energy drink. I said, oh, hell no. Ain't going to happen soon. Maybe at a pay-per-view, that's a big money match. Walk me through that, Vince, you dumb son of a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. A King of the Rings qualifier on Raw. fucking qualifying match for a guy who, by the way, a year and a half later, wasn't even going to be in the company anymore because they didn't like to fly. Yeah. Yep. So let oh, me, yeah. I'm going to check something real quick to see if the tournament as the entire tournament was on pay per view or not. Because uh, 2002. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, it looks like it was at least the quarterfinals and onward. Brock won in 2002, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Oh, so the semifinals and onward were on actual. Actually, actual pay per view on pay per view. Okay, yeah. And then, but then the, the shit was going down at Raw, huh? Yeah, yeah. All a couple right. weeks later, it was the pay per view. Yeah, on the twenty third. Yeah. Um, and so, of course, the, the episode of Raw, uh, uh, Vince apparently told everybody, "Talk all the shit you want about Stone Cold." Um, and it culminates oh God, with yeah. The Rock cutting an absolutely blistering, Ooh. blistering promo. Ooh. Blistering. Ooh. Talking about how if you don't want to be here, don't be here. Yeah. Saying, you know, Austin took his ball and went home. Well, this is my home. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pretty rough, man. I wonder if The Rock regrets that one. You know, just standing up for Vince McMahon, even though he knows. I don't know what he think was Austin right here. He probably should have stuck around. He's probably said, "I'm not doing that," but we could do whatever else you want. Um, you know, it's, so- it's it's hard to tell because it's you know seemingly he was beat up. He was yeah, he was out. all messed up. Yeah, his creative wasn't great. He only had like three more matches. Or I know. After that. I know. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure it was a culmination of things, mm-hmm. like we saw with with Punk. Yeah. You know, it's 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 not necessarily. There's one instance where seemingly they just say, "All right, I'm done. Enough." Mm-hmm. But it's something that usually builds, mm-hmm. and that seems to be the case with Austin too. Um, I mean, I don't know. He says he he regrets how he approached it. Yeah. Right. You know. Um, I don't think he regrets the sentiment. I think he, th- I think he still feels he was right. And by the way, he, he was. Yeah. Like this is Stone Cold Steve Austin, man. This ain't some hole in the wall, pal. Um, yeah, he he was absolutely in the right. But yeah, I don't know. He probably he he seems to regret like you know walking out and handling the way he did. But at the same time, goddamn, he was talk about a dude with leverage. This guy, he was the biggest thing that came through WWE like ever in terms of money. Um, and yeah, and it's crazy, isn't it crazy? Like. Vince cared nothing about the longevity of his guys. It was like, hey, bring in, burn you out, make as much as we can off you, and then yep. and then off you yep. go. Yep. And it's like, dude, you could have you could probably could have squeezed like, I don't know, another five years or so out of Austin if you just used him right. I know. I know. So uh apparently Stone Cold was fined six hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, I think that ended up being brought down to like quarter of a million. Yeah, two hundred fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, that's a that's a nuts figure right there. Yeah, that is a crazy yep. big figure right there. Yep. Yep. Um, but uh, he was making money hand over fist with those. Awesome yeah, he was shirts. making a ton of money. But still, it's, it, it's pretty darn shocking when, uh, you know, the top name in the company, arguably the top name in the history of the company, mm-hmm. walks out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tells Vince no. Yeah, no. Not losing on free TV to Brock Lesnar. You damn son of a bitch. So. Um, yeah, I mean, eventually he did. He ended up coming back. There was that weird period of time when, like, I don't know, he dialed up, like, a, a, what, an episode of Bite This or something like that. And he was, like, shitting all over creative and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what is happening here? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like, Jim Ross had to go out there and talk to Steve Austin. He eventually came back. But, yeah, it was for a small, like, I know he did the Mania. So this was a June. The next Mania in April of 2003. was his last March or April, whatever it was. Mania this year, yeah. That was his last match. And I think he was go- he was gone for a spell after this incident. Mm-hmm. And, Leah only came back for, like, a, a couple things here and there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, he's remained on really good terms with the company. He's got the broken skull sessions. Uh, he, you know, came back for that weird promo, uh, uh, at, uh, the, the empty arena raw. Yeah. And then of course he had an actual fucking match this year at WrestleMania, which was a, a pretty big deal. And then he came back the next night and did stuff there. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, no, things are all good now between Stone Cold and and Vince McMahon. It certainly seems that way. It certainly seems. Yeah, that way. He's, whenever he's yeah, it's all that footage of him backstage in that episode of Twenty Four or whatever it was. Bischoff getting along, everybody. Yeah, that's and that's the crazy thing about Stone Cold that we always talk about is like it's weird that in an era where everybody, all the locker room was nothing but sharks. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, people trying to politic. Hey, Vince, no, Rock shouldn't be made of any WrestleMania 15. Should be me, the game of game. Um, 
that Austin, the the guy who was the top of the top, he's friends with everybody. I know. Everybody loves that guy. Seemingly. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It is yeah. pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, let's talk a couple names that uh, that we almost put on here but didn't. Um, oh, yeah. One name, Jesse Ventura. Oh, yeah. Um, he also, much like Sergeant Slaughter, quit WWE uh, to pursue another venture. In Jesse Ventura's case, it was shooting the movie Predator. Mm, yeah. Again, he went to Vince says, I, I want to do this movie. Vince told him, can't do it. Jesse says, no. No. No, you can't tell me no. I can't do it. I quit. You know why? Because I have to go hunt an alien. Don't tell anybody. That's a twist of the movie, though. Yeah. I feel I, I feel so down on my Jesse Ventura ever since Killer Cross started doing it. Oh, his. his is exceptional. Another one is Nails. Uh, so apparently he was like, hey, Vince, you promised me a bigger spot on the card. Vince said no to him, and Nails said no back in the form of choking the shit out of him. Yeah. <laughs> this is told uh, famously in an awesome Bret Hart shoot interview. Where oh, I've never seen Bret so tickled and gleeful. I know. I know. He was screaming like a woman. <laughs> it was just a high pitched squeal, you know, like like a woman. <laughs> oh man! Another guy that 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 sort of on the very down low told him no was Adam Cole. Yeah, it, similar to the page thing on Twitch. He was like, "Yeah, they told me not to do it." But I kept on doing it anyways. I was like, eh, you know what? I'll just I'll make sure that I'm being PG. I'm not even mm-hmm. using my name. I'm mm-hmm. Chugs Variety Streamer, not Adam Cole. Yeah, you know. And uh, and then and then he ended up leaving because they were going to cut his hair off, give him a different name, and make him a manager. Yep. Why would they have done? And then he uh, said, <laughs> "He said you want to resign? No, no, baby." All right, that's going to do it for us. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Did you enjoy this episode? Account? Do us a huge favor. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. If you're listening to us in the audio realm, leave us a rating, review, or a comment. It really helps grow going in raw. What would you guys like to see next on Count Out? Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, It can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app 
or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. 